Uh, I'm super excited because I get to introduce you to a couple of other international preachers. Uh, when I was a kid, my family moved to the UK uh, to pioneer church planting for Foursquare. Foursquare is not a local church. Foursquare is part of a larger family of churches all over the world. And uh, earlier this year, I was standing out in the parking lot, and a couple came up and talked to me and said, are, are, you, are you one of the Macintoshes that were, your, were in, in England? And I said, yeah, I, I am. They said, well, we're the national leaders for, for Foursquare UK. And that's a big deal. I know you're like, what's a Foursquare leader? Like the president, okay? So be, be properly impressed. Um, and how often does the national leader of a country show up in Lompoc? Come on, Matt. It's a big deal. But God has a way of, of connecting people. So um, they're here with us this morning, pastors. Uh, Sarika and Krishani are going to bring the word. They are, they are missionaries, they are church planters, they are pastors, and they are elders and overseers in the faith. And we get to hear and receive from their ministry this morning. So would you give them like a raucous, outrageous, Lompoc welcome. Pastor, would you come? Uh, good morning. Well, it's such a joy for us to be here with you um, this morning. And... Uh, it was such a joy and an honor even to meet Claire and, uh, you know, when we visited um, the church a couple of months ago. And, uh, you know, I believe that we are part of the fruit of John's parents' investment into the UK. There are prayers that, you know, sowed seeds. You know, we are reaping the fruit of that. So I just want to honor him, honor his parents his mom, and also, you know, his dad who's going to be with the Lord. Um, so, well, this morning I am sharing with you on joy, and um, I'm going to take a couple of scriptures, but um, quite, an, quite an interesting thing happened this morning. <laughs> while, um, while we're driving... Uh, you know, when, when you're in a hurry, you kind of, you know, put, you know, kind of say search for such and such place. So I kind of said, you know, search for, you know, Lompoc Four Square. And without batting an eyelid, I just pressed whatever came. And it, and, and it was the Lompoc Fountain Square. <laughs> and here we are going in the opposite direction. <laughs> oh, but, you know, God... You know, God, you know, God does things in amazing ways. And, you know, how many of you love the humor of God? And so I'm at this intersection. And, you know, all the traffic lights are changing, but not ours. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to be speaking on joy this morning. <laughs> not patience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray. <laughs> oh, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We bless you this morning. Lord, would you, would you come? You are already here, but would you take us deep into your word this morning? Holy Spirit, would you minister your word? Would you minister by your own power? into each one of our hearts this morning. Lord, would you give us a revelation of your word? 
Lord, would our, let our ears be open to hear what you are saying. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've, since uh, sending the message, uh, my message notes on Thursday, it went through a bit of change. So do bear with me if you kind of see something which is different. But, you know, the, <laughs> so the word joy is, you know, is inseparably connected to certain biblical accounts of the birth of Jesus. You know, to begin with, when Mary went to see her cousin Elizabeth, you know, that moment, such an amazing moment of two babies, you know, almost leaping within the mother's womb. And, you know, in, in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 44, it says that Elizabeth, when she heard Mary's voice, that her baby leaped in the womb with joy. Just imagine, you know, if you're pregnant and suddenly, you know, you meet someone and your baby inside is like leaping. You're like, hold on, take control. <laughs> but, you know, that moment was such a supernatural moment of joy being released. And I believe it was not only John the Baptist having joy, but that joy flowed even in Elizabeth. And then we see the shepherds. You know, they are... They're in the, in, the, in the fields, and suddenly these angels appear before them. And, you know, they, the angels you know, bring a message of good tidings and great joy. And the, and the angel says, this is for everyone. Wow. See, joy, the message of salvation, the message of Jesus is for everyone. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. But it, it talks about... A message of great joy. Joy for the, for the, for the shepherds. And, and then we also see in the Gospel of Matthew, the wise men. You know, the wise men saw the star in the east. And I believe they would have, you know, researched. They would have gone into some of the ancient writings. But then they journey to Jerusalem. They don't journey to Bethlehem, but they journey to Jerusalem. And, and they're like, where, where is this baby? Where is the king of the Jews? And they upset the whole of Jerusalem. And then when they come out of meeting Herod, they see the star again. And God's word tells us that when the wise men, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Hallelujah. See, I was looking at these three instances. I was thinking, what was unique that these three categories of people, if I may put it that way, had joy. And the unique thing was, number one, was they all had an encounter with heaven. They had an encounter with heaven. You know, whether, whether, it, whether it was, you know, the two babies, you know, so John the Baptist had, a, had an encounter before he was born. <laughs> the shepherds, wow. A group of people who were not allowed to take part in temple worship, who were social outcasts. God chose them as the first group of people on the earth 
to hear about the birth of the Savior. How amazing is that? You know, sometimes society challenges us, society puts us aside, but God does not. God does not. And an interesting fact is that they say that a lot of the, the sheep that were used for temple sacrifice were from Bethlehem. And so some of those sheep that they were looking after may have been for sacrifice. But here's the most amazing thing. Those sheep came from Bethlehem. But the Lamb of God also came from Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem. And then the wise men. They were not religious people. The religious leaders would have rejected them, saying, you know, they, may, they, they were heathen or they were Gentiles. They were not Jews. Yet God chose them. And praise God, because of that, we are here today because we are, you know, if, if you don't have a Jewish heritage, you know, we are, the, we, are, we are that group of people that God said, they are worth it. They are worth it. Wow, what joy that is. See, when we have an encounter with heaven, when we have an encounter with Jesus, joy is released. Joy is released. This morning, hearing the testimony, joy was released because this was the kingdom of God being manifested right here. As our sister shared, as we worship the Lord, there was joy that was released from our heart. And so, you know, joy leaves us also transformed. Because it's all about Jesus. Joy is about Jesus. And, you know, that's what I want to really share with you this morning of living out of the joy that he gives. Because often we try to create our own joy and we fail. Come on, we all do that, right? So, so this morning, I want to share on, you know, living out of a, almost a lifestyle of joy. And, you know, joy is not seasonal. It's not something that we read on a Christmas card. But joy is a lifestyle. You know, tell the person next to you, joy is a lifestyle. And see, joy has to be who we are. But I'm going through hard stuff. Joy goes beyond that. Joy goes beyond that. And as a, as a believer, I have to portray the essence of joy. Right? So, my, so firstly, the Holy Spirit is the source of my joy. The Holy Spirit is the source of my joy. Because joy comes from God. It doesn't come from the world. You know, we, you know, we have happy places. Anyone has a happy place? Like the beach, in the warm, sandy Warm water, that's my happy place. But I, I, don't, I don't receive my joy from that. Or, you know, joy doesn't come from within me. I don't create it myself. I don't say, I have joy, I have joy, I have joy. Okay, now I have joy. Because the next moment, something's going to come and whack that joy. <laughs> or we don't. We don't receive joy from what we go through. Think about it. We don't receive joy from what we go through. If, if we receive joy from what we go through, 
our lives will be so miserable. In a world that is fallen and broken, we cannot expect joy from the world. But joy is a kingdom quality. It's a kingdom character. And it comes out of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Out of that time of intimacy, he deposits joy. As we encounter him, he, he, he releases that joy. Because where Jesus dwells, there joy has to dwell. See, so the fruit of the Spirit, the first three, you know, the first three essence of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, and peace. They come from God. They come from God. And they are developed within us to equip us. You know, in, in uh, 1 John chapter 4, um, you know, John writes and says, God is love. But God is peace. And God is joy. And so if God is joy, and if God has created me in his image and his likeness, guess what I have to carry? Love, joy, and peace. So joy is what the Holy Spirit releases, and he is my source. You know, for the kingdom of God is not eating, drinking, and making merry during Christmas, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Don't worry, I'm also going to have a good Christmas meal. <laughs> But it's about righteousness, it's about peace, it's about joy in the Holy Ghost. And we have to learn to live out of the source of joy. Who is the Holy Spirit? Because I, I'm, you know, I'm putting myself in this category. We have learned so much. Or we've, we've learned a corrupted version of how we should live out of joy. And that is, I create my joy. But I don't create my joy. I receive my joy from him. In what he has to give me. You know, Paul writes about joy in the book of Philippians. How can you write about joy where he says, you know, rejoice again and again. I say rejoice in case you guys did not get my command. Joy, have joy in you. And where is Paul writing to us from? From a prison. He's not grumbling and murmuring. He's saying, guys, rejoice. So that was, he had tapped into, if I may use that word, he, may ha he has tapped into living in joy that the spirit of God had been releasing over him. Because he went through so much, right? He went through so much of hardship, so much of battles. He was serving God and getting battered for that. But yet, he was a man who had joy. You know, the scriptures speak of so much about joy. And I think, you know, we sometimes tend to just pass them through and say, yeah, that's good. Do you know that in the English Standard Version, the word joy or rejoice or joyful appears 430 times. I'm sure the, Lord's, the Lord is telling us something. 430 times. I was surprised when I was doing the research. Because joy is important to the believer. And you know, the Holy Spirit has a pool of exceeding joy that we can drink out of. In John 7:37, Jesus said, You know, if you are thirsty, come, come and drink of me. 
and, our, and, and, and rivers, rivers. And I believe part of that river is joy. Rivers will flow out of you. You know, each morning as I wake up, I say, Lord, I want your joy. God, I want to eat with that fruit of joy. I want to break that fruit and eat because I need joy today. And you know what? God answers those prayers. Sometimes they may not be the most um, logical prayers, but, but if we ask, he will. He will give. You need love. You need patience. You know, Lord, I want that today. Dangerous because the prayer of patience, he'll give it, but he'll test it also. <laughs> Joy is as much as we, we are called to love, we are also called to carry joy. So the Holy Spirit is our source of joy. And I think, you know, sometimes we miss our breakthroughs because we are lacking joy. I'll, I'll say that again because I, I actually thought about this. Sometimes we are missing our breakthrough because we are, we are lacking joy. We get caught into that grumbling, complaining, murmuring, anyone? <laughs> but I believe that as, as we live, drinking that joy, living that joy, allowing the Holy Spirit to deposit that joy, we're going to see God move like we've never seen him move before. Number two is that joy is our character. I personally believe that every one of us, every believer, has to be identified by at least three basic qualities. How we love others. You know, that differentiates us. But also how we live by. How we live, how, how we live by, and that is with joy. That is with joy. That we don't wait till the end of the testimony to live in joy. But we start living right in the hardship. Right in the hardship. And the third thing is that how we carry peace. How we carry the shalom of God wherever we are. You know, putting on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Because we carry his peace. And, you know, we don't put on and off and or put off joy depending on how we feel or from which side of the bed we woke up. My young son, you know, you know, we, you know some of us are not morning people. So, so when he gets up, it's like, Argh. I see a lion in him. <laughs> but joy goes beyond our emotions. Because as I said earlier, it comes out of our relationship, out of that intimacy with the Holy Spirit. He wants to release that joy. That's why Paul says the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of our relationship with him. But how many of us sometimes ignore him? This happened to me this week. I was having my time of prayer in the morning and I got distracted. And, I, and I, I got distracted and started writing an email. 
And you know, this, this, this has never happened to me. And suddenly in the middle of the email, I realized, Lord, you are here. Holy Spirit, you are here with me. You know, okay, I know the theological side of, you know, him being in, in, in us, all that, right? But I, f- I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit right there with me and waiting. He was patiently waiting till I did my thing <laughs> so that I would come back to him. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Wow. How many times do I do that? How many times do we do that? But he is such an amazing, loving, gentle spirit. He says, I'll wait for you. And he waits to give us that joy. See, we have been created by God to be carriers of his character. Because we are his kids. You know, Jesus said, you know, be like your father. If my father is love, I am called to carry that love. And here's the beautiful thing. The love that we carry, the joy that we carry, the peace that we carry, the world cannot carry. The world does not know him. So therefore, how can they carry the agape love of God? The world does not know him. So how can they carry the joy that he gives? They may carry happiness, but not the joy that heaven releases. How can the world carry the shalom of God if they do not know the God of peace? But we, the church, have been equipped, have been given, have been called to be those carriers of that. And this morning I was thinking sometimes we apologize for carrying that love, for carrying that joy, especially joy and the peace. Especially if I'm going through some hardship. I feel I, don't, I, sh- I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't show that I have joy because how, you know, it's going to offend my friend. We live in a world that people get offended for everything. Seriously. But here's the reality. What I carry is what she needs. What I carry is what she needs for her healing, for her restoration, for her salvation. But yet, almost I, I believe the devil sometimes lies to us and says, keep quiet. You don't want to offend them. Well, you offend them by not giving what God wants them to have. (sighs) Praise you, Jesus. See, in a world of crisis, joy must be carried and given. You know, John 15 verses 10 to 12. Abide in my love, Jesus says. You know, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. Now notice this. I have said these things to you so that. Shall we read it aloud? My joy will be in you. And your joy will be complete. Wow. Wow. The joy of Jesus 
to be in us so that our joy will be complete. Isn't that beautiful? When we walk in the love of God in our relationship, walking in obedience to his word, what happens to us? He fills us with his joy. Because his joy, you know, his joy floods our soul. Because without the joy of Jesus, whatever joy we have is incomplete. And the third point, final point is that joy is the source of my strength. Joy is the source of my strength. You know, the famous scripture in Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 to 18. You know, if everything else fails, my income fails, I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. My crops have failed. I've lost my job. But what does Habakkuk say? Yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. See, joy gives us the determination to endure. I'm not negating brokenness. I'm not negating sadness. I'm not negating the crisis we go through. But the joy that heaven releases, the joy that the Holy Spirit releases gives me endurance, gives me strength to go through that journey so that faith can rise up. So that faith can rise up. She was saying, she, you know, like my Jesus is the one who's healing me. When I know that even when I go through a season of darkness, you know, I went through three months of darkness at the beginning of this year. I was in a dark tunnel. I knew there was light out there somewhere. But I didn't know when, how. All that I knew was I hold on to Jesus. I hold on to Jesus. I hold on to his word. And, and, I, and it was almost this contradiction because he was giving me his joy. But my heart was like, oh God, I can't do this anymore. You've been in that place. But it's a joy that gave me determination. My wife could not help me. My friends could not help me. No one could help me. But it was me and Jesus walking and journeying through. And for some of us, we need to do that. Beyond everyone else, it's primarily him and me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10 said the joy that God is the source of it gives, it, it causes supernatural strength in me to face the, the stuff that is thrown at us. But sometimes the greatest enemy of joy is our own heart condition. Is our own heart condition. And I said, you know, simple example is grumbling, murmuring, complaining, feeling that I'm entitled to something. How about fear? Some of us may be having fear. You know, over this, you know, we've been in the U.S. for two and a half weeks. I've been hearing so much of fear of finances. That the cost of living has gone up, taxes are going up, you know. And there's a lot of fear being spoken. And even inside the church. 
Okay, that's the outside reality. But what is the reality within you? What is the reality of your faith in God? What is the reality of Habakkuk? Because I believe joy will give us that ability, number one, to change my perspective, my attitude. Number two is that joy will give me the strength to face whatever comes, knowing that my God is able to do all things beyond what I can even ask or think. That my God is a miracle-working God. That my God, that there's nothing impossible for him. My, that, 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 that it goes beyond my logic to my belief. And say, the doctors may say, I should die. But the Spirit of the Lord would say, you shall live. You shall live. See, joy will give us a confession. Joy will give us the perspective of him to say, yes, this is the reality, but God, but God. Come on, say, tell that to somebody. But God. <laughs> because it, it, it you, know, you know, whom we carry changes not only us on the inside, but we change the way we face what is on the outside. You know, Peter talks about entrusting ourselves, entrusting ourselves to him, no matter what you go through, no matter what hardship you go through. That, that is the first place. As you entrust him, he releases that joy. He releases that peace. He releases the love. He releases himself in us. So, you know, whatever you're going through even this morning, don't try to create joy from your situation. But receive joy that the Holy Spirit can give. That he wants to release, deposit, and empower you with so that you can walk with him, with his perspective. So often, you know, we, we, we walk in the perspective of what the world is saying. But I believe God is bringing his church into a season of being so different. You know, we've heard this saying that, yeah, you know, what, there's no difference between the church and the world, etc., etc. But I believe we are coming into a season of such a division of this is what the church is, this is what the world is. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. But it's going to be by the, by, by the Spirit of the Lord. By the truth of His Word. Living on the foundation and the basis of His truth versus the world's truth. You know, final scripture, Hebrews 12 you know, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Wow. Despising the shame and is seated on the right hand of God the Father. See, in the midst of pain and shame, it was the joy that enabled him and in, that he endured the cross. And he becomes our joy to endure every hardship and uncertainty. Amen. He is my joy. He is my joy. I don't create my joy, but I receive his joy. And I live out of that. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Now just take a moment and even open your heart to him and say, Lord, I want that joy. I want that joy more than ever before. I want you to release that joy even into me this morning. Because I truly believe that there's an invitation from the Lord to live out of his joy. For us to be in him so that his joy becomes my strength. His joy becomes my hope. His joy becomes the reality of his presence in me. Whew. You know, feel free if you want to even just stretch your hands in, in a position of receiving this morning. Whew. Holy Spirit, would you begin to pour out that joy? Would you begin to pour out that joy? Oh, As I was worshipping here this morning and I, I just uh, I was just in that place of just saying God what are you doing in this house this morning I believe the Holy Spirit wants to break off Whoa. chains Whoa that I've almost caused Whoa. some of you to not move forward. And the Holy Spirit is just wooing us into his presence right now. She just saw the presence of the Holy Spirit all across this room. Even when I don't see him moving. Even when I don't feel him moving, there is something that causes me to want more of him. But at the same time, there are chains that bind us. And I believe the Lord wants to release and remove this morning, even before you leave out of these doors, there is something that needs to shift out of our lives, out of our emotions, out of our souls, where we say, God, even in the fire, I'm going to raise my hands and sing Whoa. a hallelujah. Whoa. I believe there's, a, there's, a, there's an invitation even this, this morning that the Lord is saying to some of you, you have been toiling and toiling and toiling in prayer for breakthroughs. 
And in this next season, as we approach this new year, there is a dismantling that the Lord is removing out of, out of some of you, even over this church. There is a dismantling and a, and a removing of yokes over you. Spirit of delays that you have been praying for breakthrough. There's been delay after delay after delay. And the Lord is saying in this new season, I'm dismantling those spirits. Thank you, Jesus. For you are going to walk into a new season. Everything that you have been toiling in this past one, you are going to experience a new thing. But there is one condition. You're going to come up. And you're going to be seated in the heavenly places. As you come up into that position with me, says the Lord, you're going to begin to see things in a new way. You're going to begin to hear things in a new way. And my people, I'm causing a 2020 vision over your eyes in this next season. Where you begin to see things in a much clearer way because you will be up here. Come up here. Come up here, says the Lord. Don't be in the place where you are wallowing over the things of this earth. Because when you come up here, I will position you to see things in a much more clearer way. You will begin to hear me in a much more clearer way. And Father, right now in the name you, Jesus. of Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you are in that place where you have been in a, in a, in a place of being just stuck. Just as Sereka was saying, lift those hands. There is going to be a freedom as you lift those hands. Because you are saying to God, God, I'm surrendering. And I want you to take my hand and just lift me up so that I can sit with you in heavenly places. And the minute you do that, for some of you, God is going to shift your perspective of how you have been seeing your situation. Physical situations, emotional situations, bondages, addictions, relational issues. There is going to be a shift in the atmosphere. Because as you obey the voice of the Holy Spirit that is so gentle in this room. There are going to be things changing for some of you. Because he, want to just, he was, just wants to show himself. And it all it takes is a step of obedience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's a Holy Spirit. Just invite him right now. So, Lord, break into me. Break in even to those places that I have been missing you. Lord, I pray, would you release joy over your sons and daughters? Even right now, would you release that joy? Release that joy. Release that joy over them. 
the joy that gives strength, the joy that makes us who we are, the joy of the Holy Spirit. Receive it right now in faith. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I just also sense as you begin to do that, there's someone here, you are going through a, a marital situation. And the Lord is saying, I've seen, you, seen your heart, my daughter. And I'm going to begin to move miraculously. As you surrender, I'm going to begin to move. So go with that expectation even as you leave the sanctuary this morning. Even for those who need healing, the Lord is already beginning to move in your body. Places that you were unable to move, just begin to activate faith. Activate faith and say, Father, I receive that healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So this morning, you've sat under a number of different gifts. Uh, you've sat under a teaching gift. You've sat under a prophetic gift. Um, you've, you've heard a word of knowledge. All of these are gifts that come from the same Holy Spirit. Jesus was teaching his disciples about the Holy Spirit and said all of the gifts that he brings are good gifts. Here's the thing about sitting under a prophetic gift or a teaching gift or a word of knowledge. The person who exercises that gift speaks what God has put on their heart to speak, and then those who hear have to act on it. So God is really speaking a, a word of invitation, and so that's why they would say, raise, raise your hand. So if, if, if that word, the teaching word, the prophetic word, the word of knowledge, if it resonated with you, you now simply just say, Lord, help me walk this out me walk this out because you are a good God who does good things and only gives good gifts. Heard a testimony of miraculous healing. This has been a full day. I got to tell you, the, the 49ers and the Seahawks have got nothing on this. They got nothing on this. Would you stand? I just want to say go in the joy and the strength of the Lord. God bless you. Keep love, Jesus. He's loving you right back. We'll see you soon.